0: The Korean FC podcast is kindly sponsored by Radio Taxis. Give them a call
1: 70353 709. They know the score.
0: Hi, welcome once again to the official Korean FC podcast. Uh, another week gone and, and another week near, uh, dare I even mention the word Christmas, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another time, shall we? Um, As I said, welcome along to the, the Korean podcast, generally sponsored by Radio Taxis, um, one of our, our long-time sponsors. And obviously, if you're ever out and about for an evening, give them a call and, and, and they'll, they'll try and help you out. Uh, as I said, it's, a, it's another week. Um into the season and this weekend we host uh, Portadown FC who have been in the news this week uh, following a change of manager uh, Paul Doolan obviously I think uh, the word is by mutual consent um, has left his job and a familiar face to Irish League football fans Niall Curry, has returned for a second time in charge at Shamrock Park. Um, so, alongside myself and Jonathan McNabb, Johnny,
1: how are we? Yeah, grand. Um, busy week. Had a busy weekend last week. Was watching Kevin Bridges and on on Friday, and then football on Saturday didn't really go our way, did it? And then I was at the Snooker final on, on Sunday, so a busy week. And then um, watched the the gifts there uh, on Wednesday against uh, Gink. So. Yeah, it's been, been a busy week, so um, I don't <laughs> even know what day it is, so um, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, I don't
0: even know myself. Uh, I, days just blur into one another. But um, we're joined this week. Johnny and I are joined this week, as I mentioned at the start, um, ported down our, our visitors on Saturday, um, and they have taken the decision to appoint a new manager just ahead of Saturday. So with that in mind, I'm delighted <clears throat> to say that we're joined this week uh, by Neil Campbell, and Neil is the host of the Portadown FC podcast, which is called Talk Ports. Um, and I'm delighted, Neil, that you've been able to join us this week. Um, and it's been a busy old week for you and for everybody associated with the club.
2: Yeah, well, first and foremost, thanks very much for inviting me on the show. Uh, got the call last night, and uh, naturally, I was like, "Oh, I'll definitely be there. No problem at all." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been. A whirlwind few days at Portadown, uh, to say the least. Obviously, there's been a managerial outgoing. There's been a managerial incoming. And, yeah, a big game on Saturday coming up. And it's not exactly ideal preparation for it, is it?
0: Uh, I was just thinking to myself, could you not have left it for a week or so? Because as football fans, we're all very superstitious lot. And when you change a manager and, and you're the next team to play a team that's just changed their manager there's always that fear of what they call the, the managerial bounce, isn't there? That a new manager is going to come in and, and suddenly transform a team. So, you know, put it down better than any of us, Neil. Is that even a, a possibility that something like that could happen this weekend? That's well, one of those classic
2: football cliches, isn't it? But, <laughs> I, I mean, I hope so. Uh, I mean, but if you look at it, we don't travel well. To you know, it's it's been a long time, you know, since we got a, uh, a win up there. But, I mean, I think first and foremost, obviously, Portland need to get points on the board desperately. But I think some of the performances recently have been so poor that I think Portland fans, first and foremost, with the new manager coming in, will be looking for at least a gutsy performance, first and foremost, because... I know yourselves like you. You have been on a bit of a topsy turvy run too. But Corey in a way, for me, one of the hardest places to go and and to get points. Like so, it's a it's a very tough opening for for Nile Curry. But we have some really difficult games coming up, and I mean, there's no time like the present to try and get some points on the board. We need to hit the ground running. But I think first and foremost, I think people will be looking at the performance first because last week against Crusaders was diabolical, so <laughs> if we could improve in that department it would help
0: and I suppose I mean for anybody that maybe is not familiar with too much about Portadown, I'm I'm looking at the league table here and excuse me you've yet to win a game after 11, uh, you've drawn one, lost 10 I mean Neil, I suppose something had to give at Shamrock Park given those bare facts there that something had to change and you just couldn't keep going with Paul Dillon, no matter how well he has done previously, that something just had to give.
2: Yeah. And again, the reality is in the footballing world, at, at no matter what level, if it's just not happening on the pitch, inevitably the person that gets the blame um, inevitably loses their job is the manager. It hasn't worked out this season for, for Paul. Um, Unfortunately, you know, For for everyone concerned, um, you know he he did a good job our last season keeping us up because at one stage we were sinking badly, Um, and we haven't kicked on from last season. A lot of questions have been asked and rightfully so about recruitment and whatnot, and we're lacking in so many departments at the minute. And I know in the interviews and stuff, you know, you could see Paul was cutting a kind of frustrated figure because. We don't have like we don't have an out and out striker and whatnot. And I don't want I don't want to like just list out a reel of excuses, but something had to give. And you know, obviously, Nile Curry is going to come in with his backroom staff and hopefully can get the best out of the players that are already there because it's still a couple of months until January. So you know, he, he has to deal with what um with what mm. he already
0: has. Uh Johnny. I mean, have you been surprised by just how poor Portadown have been this season to date and? Given what we've just talked about with Neil, would you be f- not fearful as such, but would you expect Niall Curry to come in and to get a reaction from that group of players?
1: I think, first and foremost, I think it's a clean slate for a lot of players. So, players you know, we might not have been in form or played much, and also he will be, be eager to, to impress now and, and get into the team. And and yeah, look, I'll be expecting a reaction from them. You know, they're you know, they have a bit of pride as well. And obviously last week they, they weren't great against Crusaders, so um, yeah, they'll they back. I wasn't really shocked. Um, but Paul left. I think their last one in the league was against us back in March. Um, I could be wrong in saying that, but I think that rings a bell. So yeah, and obviously they just about stayed up in the league. I think they won the playoff against Anna United. And probably didn't kick on in terms of recruitment and I've said this in the podcast a few times I, I just don't see where they're going to score goals is it four league goals or something this year in the league or something like that so here's hoping it stays at four after, after his weekend um, but yeah look I think Nile done a great job at Dundella I think it's not very often you see a manager leave and and such a lovely post was made by Dundella I think you know if you read it it's a really glowing tribute to Nile and, and, and how he how done there and and yeah, look, I think he's, he's local to they, they down, and he'll want to do better at uh, Portadown this time than, than he did the last time. And I think Carrick, he started very, very well at Carrick. I think maybe things turn maybe a wee bit sour towards the end, but he, he knows what he's doing as well. And God forbid, you know, maybe if Portadown do go down this year, there's no better man to probably bring him straight back up as well. So I don't know whether that's forward thinking as well in terms of, you know, if they do go down, you, you've probably no better man. They, they bring them back up as well, so it's probably a double. probably a double, a double advantage for them. They've a manager who's been there in that league, but has also been very, very good in the championship as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right in what you're you're saying, Johnny. And I'm, I'm just thinking, you obviously know Oran very well. Interview him every week after the games, etc. If you were in the changing room, changing room at Corey, I mean, what what would you think or how would you, you probably could guess what Oren might be saying to the players come Saturday, given the change of manager and what you said is that Portadown players are now playing for pride and, and obviously for places, so Oren will be wary of that and try to <clears throat> instill that into his players, wouldn't he?
1: Of course he will and I think every year since Portadown came back up, they've taken points off Corey and um, one stage or I think there was a one-all draw um, a couple of years ago when Adam Sally scored a screamer and Obviously, they beat us last year at Shamrock Park, and there was a nil nil draw as well. So, we've never had it easy against them. There's been a lot of 2 1s at home as well, and maybe like a 2 0. I think Ben Doherty scored a couple of penalties that were kind our penalties and stuff. So, we've always, had to, we've always had to dig them out Um, against Poor Down. And, and no one knew that there, you know, we, we've lost our last two as well. So, We've a bit of you know, we we need to get back to the ways. It's been a it's been a stop start season that as Neil said earlier, we, we seem to win one and then maybe not win one. And it's just the nature of the beast. Um, you know, Cliffinville had four shots in target and started and scored four goals. And that's just they were just clinical in both boxes, really. And and, and we weren't, and that's just that's what that's probably what the difference has been the last couple of weeks. see at bad goals and, and not taking chances. So we need to cut that out, obviously, and, and start finding the finding the, the, the back of the net. Mm,
0: that, that's, it's... It's always the way for, for most clubs, isn't it? It's scoring goals and, and finding strikers to, to be able to do that is a common problem. But um turning back just to you, Neil, um you, you probably know now, I mean, this is his second time uh, managing Portadown, and I think the first time was 2016 to 2018, if I'm, if I'm right in saying. Um I mean, looking back to that first time, I think I read... Maybe a quote from uh, Niall this week saying he had unfinished business at Shamrock Park. and Is that something that, that you would agree with, Neil? Yeah, I, I
2: definitely would. When he came into the club, it was uh, obviously Ronnie McFadden left and Pat McGiven had taken charge and he wasn't there very long. Niall came in and we'd already been hit with the 12-point deduction that season and then technically lost three points. Remember the start of the season, we actually pay use. Uh, at the showgrounds and then that was given to you as a a, a, an automatic victory then just before Niall took over at Portadown we won a game coincidentally against Niall and Ards and we thought here we go lift off to try and claw this back and it turned out Robbie Garrett was ineligible and then (laughs) so we got stripped of the points of that as well and Niall came in a couple of weeks later and like, I mean, that's, we were always going to go down, you know, considering, though, even regardless of the 12 point gap, we, we clawed it back a good bit and Tarek just about survived. But when things are, gap are happening, it's always against you. And he came in next season, we're in the championship. And I think a lot of people at the club and maybe in the fan base sort of thought, right, well, we're porting down a big club and we're going out of the championship. It'll be like what it was in 2008-9, but we will come straight back up. But it was never going to be as easy as that because the championship, as you know, is a very unforgiving league. Portadown was a mess behind the scenes. There were players leaving. And Niall brought in a whole new a conveyor belt of players, so to speak. And it, it, it we were fifth whenever he, he left the post. It wasn't working out. But I do feel, and I've always said it, he was a bit unlucky. And, I mean, look at his pedigree even in the championship. He's gotten... Ard's up, you know, he's doing a phenomenal job with Dundella, you know, he's been there with Lockall he did unbelievable with Carrick as well, getting them up and it just, it didn't work out the last time with us he, he's he's a local man, like, you know, he's from Portadown and every manager has an ego, they all do, right you have you have to and I'm sure now will be thinking I'm from Portadown this is a massive club if I keep us up Cult status straight away, cult hero status, and even if we to go were to go down, and then next season we come straight back up, it you know it, it looks great for him, and you know it, it, he won't. I'm sure. Like, listen, I don't know Nile personally, but I'm sure after such a great record throughout his career, that that season and a half reported down is sort of like a blot. On his on his record, and I'm sure he'll want to rectify that. So, uh, fingers crossed he does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would I would I would agree with everything that you're saying. And, and in terms of the ego and of you know everybody involved in football or, or anything has an ego, and as you say, if he's the man that keeps him up or, or brings him up next year, if you happen to go down, it's a it's a great thing on his CV. I mean, wh- what would you say? I mean, you say you don't know him. Particularly well, Neil, but as a manager, what would you see um, as his strengths in in terms of managing?
2: Well, I mean, you only need to look at the job that he had done at Dundell there. And they were languishing, you know, down at the the bottom end of the championship. And, you know, this season they're up challenging. And even last year when he came in, he took them on a great run. They just missed out in the top six. Look at the job. He did at Carrick. You know, he took them. But nobody was giving them a hope in hell of getting promoted that season, and they they, they got up by the playoff, and they, they did phenomenally well in his first season as well. I think they finished eighth. So he's clearly a very good man, man motivator, um, and that's something that poured down lack at the minute. I would say you know the players are completely shot of confidence and belief, and if Nile can just you know install that in them again, you know, it, it will make a massive difference. And I mean, you're not a successful manager if you're not tactically astute as well. So, you know, he obviously is. So that these are the things you'd be hoping that, that he'd be able to bring into Portadown. The thing that you don't want to be focusing on all, on other clubs, but Portadown, make no bones, about it, it's been dreadful this season, but Dungannon are still within touching distance of us. So I think that's obviously going to be playing the minds as well. If you were to get a win, so to speak, then suddenly it flips and you're out of the relegation, the automatic relegation zone, so to speak. And there are still a couple of teams in the bottom half that could get sucked in. So you're looking at it that way, you know, it, it's still achievable. Is it going to be difficult? Of course, but it, it, it is, it is there. And it, if they can, can grab the opportunity here, you know, they do have a chance of getting out still. It's still There's still a long, long way to go. I mean, there's there's still 27 games to play, but the worry is you don't want to be cut adrift. We thankfully haven't been cut adrift because Dungannon are still floating around there as well. So here's hoping that it can turn around.
0: Again, I'm looking at the table in front of me here and there's only three points separating you from Dungannon. So for the horrific early part of the season that Portadown have had, you're only three points behind Dungannon, which... Offers hope of, of some uh, description, um, Johnny. I'm just thinking, you know, we 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 can empathise with Neil, I suppose, to an extent as well. I haven't followed Corian and you know, there's been times and when when we've followed and, and things haven't been too good either, and, and going to watch your team can become a bit of a chore when you're going every week and you're not expecting anything to happen. I mean, uh, do you feel for for Neil and, and for, for Portadown fans? I think you, you know a couple of ones yourself.
1: I had a few. I had one on Stag day, so we gave them, <laughs> a bit of a, gave them a bit of a touch. But no, it's one of those things where, you know, yes, things weren't going well for, for Orn at a stage, but we had so many good young players coming through. We were very, very lucky. We had four or five coming through at the one time and I mean, we were at a stage where, you know, expectancy was probably at a lower point, so Oren was getting away with playing them, and then you now you look at Adam on and Lyndon Kane and, and guys like that, they all have nearly 200 Irish league appearances each, you know, so uh, you have to give a bit of time, I think, with port down with that on the table. It's hard because, you know, they're not picking up points either, and it's a dog dogfight, really, really, to stay up, and I think, you know, Neil's you know, we've said this now a couple of times. I think recruitment is very, very key. you know, there's been a, such a turnover poor down the last two years. It's like some of like football manager, really. It's you know <laughs> you have a team sheet on a Saturday when you're against them and you you have barely heard of half of them or seen half of them play. And I just don't know how I just don't know how how that copes in terms of cohesion and, and playing with each other and, and everyone else. And and yeah, but look, Niall's got a couple of months now. They work with them players before January comes in, and I'm sure he'll be he'll be that like bell boy in January trying to trying to ring a few in. So, <laughs> but yeah, they're not a million miles away from the game, and you know they need to pick up a couple of positive results. They had, they had I think they played all the top teams in their first six fixtures as well, which you know you're you're on a high not nothing there really. So, but yeah, look, they need to start picking up points um as soon as possible.
0: And and Niall himself always comes across very well you know, even post match interviews, you know, even though I don't know him particularly, and, and maybe you don't either, but he comes across well and and he is kind of that character that you could see that needs talking about to come into the club and and to inspire a little bit of confidence back into obviously a club that's really down down on itself. But you could see somebody like a coming in and, and suddenly just injecting a bit of confidence into players and everybody everybody around
1: the club. Now, anytime I've done a post interview with him, is as, as, as honest as the day's long. There's no, you know, there's no. It's not, a, and I say this now. There's not a DJ about him where he's, where he's like a spin doctor or spins or anything. You know, it is, it is how it is. Um, but like you know, Barry Gray was always guy at that one point. I thought you know if his team were, were rubbish. <laughs> they were rubbish. You know, there's no there's no excuses made or anything like that there. And I think you know now reasonably much to the see him. There's not really many excuses out of him. I ah, might have moaned about a referee, but who hasn't um throughout the year? So. Yeah, look, he seems to have a passion for it um as well as you know, he's going back to Portline as well. He'll want to prove that he can manage Portline after the first spell as well. So I think it's probably a, a good match for for both teams. niall has got a bit of bit of a point to prove with Portadown and, and Portine have a point to prove in, in terms of staying and in and in, 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 in the league.
0: And it's probably not a bad time if, if 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 you can say that it's not a bad time to take over because the team is rooted to the bottom. There's very low expectations. So anything that you he and the players achieve now, you know, it's over and above what
1: people might have thought. Well, things can't get any worse in, in, terms no. of, in terms of league position, but if they can keep tabs and a couple of even one or two teams above them and going into January and now can get the players in that he wants and a bit of confidence as well, Well, who knows where it could take them, you know. I think you know, now will be looking there any points between now, probably January is a bit of a bonus, try and keep tabs with, with a few teams above them and then try and reel them in as, as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean,
0: we were just talking, Johnny and I, about going to watch a team every week that's struggling. I mean, from your point of view and, and your fellow supporters' point of view, how hard is it, you know? Because we all, like, every everybody likes to go and watch a winning team or a successful team, and it, it can be difficult when you, when you kind of go to matches and you know that you're going to get beat every week. I mean, how, how, how's crowds been affected by, by the run that you're on? um well
2: the crowds haven't fluctuated that much to be honest is it are the numbers as good as what they have been over the years probably not i mean i think the reality is reported down and the fan base there would be quite a few people that look back at the glory days, so to speak you know when when back in the day when the likes of vinnie Arkans, mickey collins you know, Kai Neal and overall playing and we won the league and even previous to that in the 90s when Portadown were an absolute massive force so I think one of the but there's, there has to be a reality check with that because those days are long since gone and I think when you start struggling and it's natural with any, at any level again and with any club the numbers do dwindle a bit they haven't been that bad in, in the sense, and to be fair, it was only really the game against Nuri where there was quite a lot of dissenting voices. You know, that was that was really disappointing, to be fair. You know, Nuri, of course, won 3-1, and you can't begrudge them of that because they won fair and square, but it was frustrating in the sense that Portland and actually should have, like, they should have won the game, missed some great chances, and I think that was the game where a lot of people thought, here, if we can win that, we have we have a definite chance of survival. But if we lost it, it would it was looking... Like it, like it was all doom and gloom. And I think a lot of fans are gratefully upset at the end of that. Um, But really for the vast majority of have stuck with him in all this season. And I would imagine now with Nile coming in and if he can get a couple of decent results soon, the numbers will only get better again. But having fans there that are you know right behind it is like a 12th man again that's another football cliche uh, but we like we
0: like like football cliches
2: (laughs) but you know it, it is imperative that that sort of everyone is singing off the same hymn sheet and it'll only help the players on at the end of the day whereas i think even a few weeks ago and stuff i'm not sure Everyone was singing off the, the same hymn sheet, and that's not just fans or players; they're just meeting at all levels. Um, but it, it 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 is going to make a massive difference if you're down the relegation scrap. You know, you you do need every every man going.
0: Well, we have talked about this before, myself and Johnny and, and various people on the podcast, and just interested to get your opinion as well, Neil. We've talked before about you know not talking the whole, not rehashing the full time, part time argument again but um, do you find it harder you you, you said about the, the glory days for Portadown and, and they're a long way away similarly with like even the likes of Korean stuff do you feel that provincial clubs for want of a better word are going to struggle and, 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 and find it hard now but find it harder still in the years to come given the way that the league is going with the full time clubs yeah. Yeah, I do. Um,
2: I said it on our own show a few weeks ago. I, I did a bit of digging in the last season statistics. And even if you take the provincial thing out of it, so to speak, I know user provincial club as well, but for me, you are an established top six club and user fighting a battle as well to even stay in that because you aren't full time. But last season, the, there was only two games out of a possible 72 where a team in the bottom six beat a team in the top six. So Johnny's already alluded to the we beat you last season at Shamrock Park. That's one. And the other was that Don Gannon beat Lorne. So in a 12 team league, if there's only two games out of a possible 72 where the bottom four, so I think I worded I think I said bottom six and top six. That's sorry, that's incorrect. I mean the bottom four teams against teams in the top six in a twelve team league, and only in two of those occasions the bottom four won. That's frightening. And I'm not just saying that as a port of supporter. I think that's frightening in general. Now, Linfield being full-time, Glenn Torn and Lauren, they're going to have a massive advantage, of course. And that's why Cliftonville did so well last season, that they actually keep the pace with, with the Blues. But you can see it this season, maybe not so much with Linfield at the minute, but I do think they'll come storming back eventually. Lauren and Glenn Thorne are are um, setting the pace at the minute, and they're the two full-time clubs. And it's... It, it is harder for a club that is in the bottom six and isn't obviously isn't full time and isn't within Belfast to attract the players. That's that's just reality, you know. I think that's why it was, you know, back in the nineties and stuff. I know Portadown, you know, they attracted big name players for a variety of different reasons, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it's, it's it's not the norm for the likes of a Portadown or a Corian or a Glenavon, you know, to, to have sustained success. Like Portadown, the last team outside of Belfast to win the league, it's twenty years
0: ago. That's that's scary. And Northern is, Ireland's
2: not a big, not
0: a big place. That is so, scary. Like, uh, like, as I said, Johnny and I, we, we've had this. And then Johnny, just picking up on what Neil's saying there, and you can see it again. I'm looking at the league table in front of me. Lauren Thorne, first and second. Neither of them lost a game yet. You've got Crusaders there, and we've talked about it. You can see. Oh, like two leagues within a league or like even three you've got the top three, four teams you've kind of got a middle section and then you've got the bottom couple of teams and it's nearly as intimate and it, it's not great for the league as a whole is it?
1: I think this is I was chatting to Warren actually about this on Saturday after the Cliftonville game and I know Cliftonville aren't full-time but I think this is the first year I've seen the full-time teams probably looking like full-time teams if that makes sense like any time we've played Lauren or Torn or even you know Crusaders Lymph in the last couple of years I've always felt you know I still think we can give them a game over you know in a 90 minute game but I think over the course of the season I think it'd be very very tough they you know they get anywhere near them or to challenge them and that's just the reality of it. They're you know they're they're looking at video analysis of our corner kicks for example and two over two hours whereas we do training for two hours. You know you know gets four hours training time with the players in a week whereas you know Lauren get you know four day, four or five days and that's just that's just how it is that you know but but you know we you can't sit there and feel sorry for yourself. You, you have to go for it. And I think Corey and not that we're victims of our own success, but there's still a high expectation there that we should still be up there And in reality it's just very, very difficult. And that's just how it is. Um, you know, Lauren have changed so much this year. They don't play the pretty nice, they still play good football, but it's not the tippy-tabby passy football. They've now mixed up. You know, Leroy Miller's there, Paul Newell's there, they're now 4-4-2. Big bonuses up front, scoring goals. You know, they, they look more streetwise this year. Blint Thorn barely conceded a goal. Um, Crusaders, yes, they've probably had a couple of blips here and there, but, you know, they're still flying up there too. And, and I'm feeling will definitely be there thereabouts as well. So it's it's hard. It is hard. Um, But at the end of the day, that's what makes, you know, beating them teams are getting a bit of success all, all the sweeter as well.
0: It uh, echoes what Neil said earlier, you know, about changing fans' perceptions uh, regarding Portadown and their glory days 20-odd years ago. And there's an element of that too, even at Corain, where almost people's mindsets have to change as well because what you just said, competing against those full-time teams is going to get increasingly harder. And you can almost see that sometimes in Oran's approach to those games and the way he sets up and and, and the, the tactics he deploys. And supporters almost... Not, not not so much be re-educated but have to face it, the, the realities that those days that you you talked about Korean competing on an even keel with Larne and Glenthorne maybe aren't there any
1: longer like, like we, we should have won there or we should have won the league was it 2018 um, the year we won the Irish Cup and you know realistically yes we finished second since but we just haven't got over the line and that just seems a million miles away. to what it is now, and it's not as if we have a bad team. We don't. I just think the league in general is getting better, and and you know, full time teams are able to bring in players from Scotland and England, you know, or even down south as well. You know, look at Chris Shields. You know, Chris Shields. If you said five years ago, Chris Shields even thirty would play in Irish league, you'd have laughed. You know, there's the league is just getting so much better, and and it, and it is difficult for Corian. It's difficult for Port Glenavon, Portadown because they are only part time teams, and you know. Look at Lee Bonus, he was a part time footballer for poor Down, but wanted a full time move and he was able to get that in Northern Ireland at Larne. You know, Ben Dockery is the same at Corian, full time football with Larne. That's just how it is. And, you know, does that mean that Corian shouldn't have ambitions of qualifying for Europe and maybe winning a trophy or going to cup run? No, by all means, they're more than capable. But in terms of being up there competing, they won the league and, you know, playing teams off the park and maybe going to the Oval and demanding a win, and stuff like that, it's just pie in the sky stuff, in my opinion. It's not being defeatist, you know. If, if somebody offered me a good cup now million back into Europe, I'd bite my hand off for it. It's one of them th- It's just clubs, just have different uh, ambitions, and you know, Lauren's ambitions this year will be different to Koreans. Koreans will probably different to it down. It's just money, finance, infrastructure, and everything. Um, but things are going so well off the pitch at Korean as well. Um, it's not all doom and gloom, and, you know. <laughs> it's only only eleven games under the season, and there's still a long way to go. Mm, there See? is
0: a long way to go. Um. So- uh, sorry. Sorry oh, yeah, guys, just,
2: just when you're saying there um, about Corian, I actually at the start of the season tipped you to be like a surprise package, but I wasn't expecting you to win the league, but I thought we could, you could really make a push for like third or f- even fourth again. And I still wouldn't rule that out because Corian are one of them teams that when you click, boy, you really click. I know it hasn't really happened so far this season, but even the game, he's played us earlier in the season, he beat us too. And I thought Porton actually did alright in that game, but then just that bit of quality he's had from uh Clacken, he was superb that day. And then Lee Lynch was, was a was a terrific sign. And I I I still think I do get what you say about do you, do I think Korean will win the league or challenge the league? No, I don't. But I still if I think Corrain, I always think they're a team that on their day can can do a bit of damage towards anyone else. But I, I, I do agree that Long term, over the course of the season, or Korean, even with those signings, are they going to win the league? Realistically, not. But do you have a good chance of winning the cup? I would say absolutely yes.
1: Yeah, would it would totally agree with that? Um, I think the last couple of weeks have probably been more frustrating because Balmi now we had so much territory, so much of the ball, but conceded it two goals from set pieces and then take our chances, Clapham. We should have been one nil up after a minute and then find ourselves two nil down after eight minutes through two individual mistakes. And it's and it's individual mistakes that are just killing us because they always lead to a goal. It, and you know, even the third goal on Saturday was a corner kick. Um, it's just it's individual mistakes that just seem to be ending up in the goal and, and not taking our chances. And that's probably the worst um combination in football not taking your chances and seeing sloppy goals. So, yeah, no, I, wait, wait, I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just. It's one of like, like you know I've have seen us play worse than what we did against Balmainer or even Cloughville stages and one of them. that's it's just it's like Klip, like I say this I say this to Oren, it's like had four shots on target on Saturday and scored four goals and they brought it, off, and they brought on Joe Gormley, they brought off Joe Gormley off the bench and it, it's like it's like cheat it's like cheating it's like cheating bringing <laughs> that man off from the bench and you know Ryan Curran as well done absolutely nothing that whole game and scored. He done I, that- I, I suppose
0: the hope is that, you know, we all, we're all we all football for long enough and, and we know that teams go through good runs and bad runs. And I'm just probably, from a Korean point of view, we're hoping that this is maybe Corian's bad run of the season, you know, one, one winning five. But as Neil says, you know, the potential's there. The quality's definitely there with Corian and And it's maybe a matter of getting a good result and then going on a good run as opposed to just suffering a wee bad run.
1: Yeah, they're 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 more than capable. They, you know, everyone everyone knows that. Um, whether or not, you know, Warren changes up, we are going to up front, whether he keeps the same, you know, players, maybe Michael McCrum's coming back in the coming weeks, Stephen Lowry's coming back, you know, so there's a few players to get back to you and give them a few more headaches as well. Yeah, they're more than capable. The last couple of weeks, I've just been more frustrated at not picking up any points because we arguably should have definitely picked up something against Balina, uh and we're conceding sloppy goals. So, yeah, there's more than, there's more than enough talent and, and quality in that change room they get back to one of the ways.
0: And, of course, the, the, the immediate task is, is overcoming Portadown on, on Saturday. I mean, Neil, we, we sort of talked a little bit about it earlier in the podcast. Um, Portadown travel to Korean showgrounds more in hope than expectation. Or as what you said earlier, is it just a case that you want to see a performance and whatever happens after that, you'd be reasonably happy, even if you don't win, as long as you get a performance? That, that encourages you for the rest of the season? Yeah, well, Johnny said earlier on
2: that Portrown have only scored a handful of goals in league this season. And hopefully he was saying, you know, that, that stays the same on Saturday. I'll be perfectly honest. If I was offered a nil-nil right now where Portrown didn't score, I'd bite your hand off for it. And uh, first and foremost, like, I mean, you again, no matter what level you play at, if you don't have a defence that's solid and is very good at keeping clean sheets. You're not going to get anywhere. So first and foremost, Portadown need to remain resolute on Saturday here. And, you know, Corian, again, on their day, you know, have some frightening players going forward, the Glack and Shedlin, et cetera, McKendree and whatnot. Portadown need to keep it tight. And if you have a basic foundation in there of keeping it tight, go there with the, the chance of maybe frustrating Corian, who... Like you said, I've been susceptible to the odd silly mistake at the back this season, and we can punish them. You just never know. But first and foremost, I'd be going up on Saturday thinking if we put in a decent performance. First and foremost, I think that would definitely encourage a lot of people because after Colwyn, we do have we have Limfield, which again will be a very difficult game. But we've got two games against Carrick in the space of a couple of weeks, which again Carrick, you know, have, have been doing brilliantly this season, will be very difficult. But those are two games you'd be looking at. And Niall, of course, would want to have a point to prove against Cardiff. Um, you'd be looking at and go, if we're going to get any points soon, we need to get them on the board against them. But if they could put in a, a decent and gutsy performance against Korean on Saturday, I think it would definitely encourage um, a lot of a lot of the fans and and indeed the players as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and obviously the longer, say for example, looking at Saturday, the longer it stays 0-0 or whatever, given Koreans' different form in recent weeks. That increases the frustration among the management, the players, and also the supporters, which, as we know, can can affect the team's performance as well, can't it? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you're getting brilliant, brilliant
2: crowds as well. Um, and I would imagine having big crowds does bring a lot of expectancy. And Korean fans will be looking at Portadown on Saturday and going, "This." like, we should be getting three points here today. So, as you say, the longer it goes on, you might hear the odd groan and wind and gurn, and hopefully it puts your players off and Portadown <laughs> can get something. Uh, but, you know, I, it, is, it, it is going to be a game where Korean fans will rightfully
0: expect to win. But, Johnny, you'll be the one that be doing the moaning and groaning, I'm assuming. But I guess also the important thing is, um, from a Korean point of view, given that Portadown are going to, probably come and try to frustrate Corian for large periods of the game. The key thing for Corian is that wee bit of patience just to try and, you know, work the, work the opportunities and, and take them on the come. But patience is, is going to be an important part of the game on Saturday.
1: hundred percent. And we had that recently against Newry. Obviously, it was nil null at halftime, and then Lee Lynch scored half of the break, and we were able to get a quick fire second and, and see the game out as well. And might have a similar feel um, to the game on, on, on Saturday. I uh, can't believe you say I'm moaning and groaning about Corey and I, I'm, I'm, quiet, I'm quiet and reserved, hey, I would never moan or groan. Uh, but it's one of those games where we just have to just bide our time probably, hopefully take our chances when they come and you hopefully give away nothing easy at the, at the other end. Uh, do you envisage
0: any changes? perhaps, on Saturday, or will Oren go pretty much as he as has done?
1: It's hard to you know. I think Oren's very sort of resolute with the, with the 4-3-3, um, the two wide men supporting um, Chevy up front. Um, I don't think any of the injured boys will be back, so it probably limits his options. Um, You know, I think I think Mickey McRubbin's a big miss because you're able to play two up front with, with Mickey um, as well, and he's, he's such a smart footballer as well. And He's a big blow. Um you know, obviously Steve Widdles and Stevie Lurie comes back as well. I think he's a couple of weeks away. So no, maybe I don't know, maybe he might change it in the back four because of the sloppy goals we can see that I I, I don't know. Um that's that's decision. decision. He's good. Definitely a few options at the back. He could probably change it up if he wanted to as well. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't foresee many, many changes to be honest. Um <clears throat> excuse me,
0: and Neil, I, I guess for um first game for Niall. Will he come in and will will he pretty much go with the team as is just to get a look at everybody, or would you imagine that he may have his own ideas about what sort of team to pick for Saturday? I would imagine he'll have his own
2: ideas. Um, how much he's seen of the Portadown players so far, you know, who knows? But I think there'll be changes from Saturday past against Crusaders. It was, it was. <sighs> I don't I don't want you to have the wee uh, e logo beside this podcast, you know, for bad words, like, but it was <laughs> we'll just leave it at it. It was abysmal on Saturday, so to speak. And I think I would be shocked if there wasn't a few changes. Me personally, and I've been saying it all season, I'd I'd be starting hard Beverland every week. Every game he'd be starting for me. Um because you know, as a team that is mostly inexperienced in this league I find it head-scratching that your most experienced player in the squad, especially when you're down the relegation dogfight, is not in your starting 11, so I would like to see Howard Beverland be back then in the starting the starting team and yeah, I would imagine there'll be a, for a few changes as well, I would have my own my own way of playing but I'm not the manager at the minute but making most of what we have I would actually maybe go three at the back to be perfectly honest with the two or maybe even five with the two backs as well but if not with the wing backs, um, with with Beverland McNally and Upton playing now hopefully hard's available because he got a really bad facial injury in the Middlestar Cup there a couple of weeks ago so that's why he wasn't in the squad on Saturday past but I would definitely be getting him back in but now you know he's going to have to the work miracles here um over the next couple of months, so to speak, because he, he can't get any of his players in until January. So yeah. Um if you got any spare players going, any spare <laughs> forwards <laughs> you know, I, 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 I can think of one that you know hasn't been playing much that we definitely would have liked to put it down there last season. Um
1: Who's
2: that? and Andy Mitchell, see not what's going um, on there? Yeah, yeah. See so you forgot about him. <laughs> 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 uh but that's it, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't put the ball in the back of the net. You know, you don't you don't win games, and that's something that Portadown are seriously lacking at the minute. Like so. Well, that's what I, I was going to ask you.
0: Offensively on Saturday, then I mean, what way? What way will you be lining out, or what? Where will your attacking threat come from? I don't
2: know. We might just park a bus and go four six zero and hope for a draw. Uh listen, I've been I have been impressed with O'Shea Connolly this season. You know, he's a young lad He came through the Portadown youth system. Um, you know, he has. He scored the season there against uh, Glenavon as well. He's been playing up front, down the middle. Um I personally think he's better sort of if, if they plan playing a three, like on the outside, so to speak. But Jordan Jenkins is going to be there. But again, Nile could come in and have, you know, completely other ideas and he, he might, I don't know, throw someone in let, completely left field up there to do a job. Um, we'll, we'll soon find out on Saturday.
0: <laughs> well, and Johnny, I mean, you know, Neen makes a good point. Howard Beverlyn very experienced campaigner. We know very well up here. Ocean Conaty, he talks about, you know, there are players there within that Portadown team that we all know and that are good players. I mean, and the last thing that you want to do is give Portadown any sign of encouragement on Saturday. And with that in mind, I mean, it's imperative that, that Corrine get off to a, a good early quick start and just try to... I suppose kill the game as quickly as possible if 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 they can
1: i think after the last couple of weeks I think any any sort of win would be would be great um i'm <laughs> not prefer- much <laughs> a performance to go along with it would be even nicer um yeah i think I think the longer the game might stay on there or maybe a few moans and groans and stuff from from the fans and everyone else but, but yeah a good start would be, would be nice um a couple of goals would be would be even better and and yeah our reported i have a few experienced heads in there too and but be, as I said at the start of the podcast, they'll be wanting to impress Nile too. That's the thing. Um and that and a few of them I'm sure will know if they're not impressing or not offering much so could be finding a new club come come January. So yeah, look, um I think the big thing for Korean is that they only have to worry about themselves. Um you know, Nile is a manager of Portland, not a manager of Korean and, and we just have to concentrate on 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 what we do. Mm. Right,
0: guys, with that in mind, uh Neil, we do uh predictions every week, myself and Johnny and, and our guest, So We'll start Johnny you, you just talked about the Korean port game. We'll, we'll we'll ask you for uh, a prediction for that one now. Yes Johnny
1: port Korean um then have to start with me. I'll go uh, I'll go I'll go <laughs> only
0: because you were the one that was talking.
1: I'll go I'll go to old Korean.
0: Okay. Uh Neil what about your yourself?
2: Yes, and I'm always going to back my club no matter what. Do you know what? I'll, I, We're going to go for that case we talked about earlier during the managerial bounce. I think Portland will get a one-all draw. There
0: you go. I thought, I thought you were going to go for a Portadown win. No. Here if Portadown won on
2: Saturday and I predicted the right score. We did the lottery numbers on
0: Saturday as well. That's as good as Johnny. What, what I'm trying to remember. Which game was that, Johnny? Um, Newry 2-0. Newry 2-0. Uri... Johnny goes to me before the game. Korean 2-0, Lee Lynch and Dean Jarvis. And um, Judy transpired. Unbelievable. Never do it again.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh okay, I'll look at the game. I'll go uh, all right. I'll go two one to Corian, How does that sound? I can't go for two 0 because Johnny's done that. So um okay, well, Friday night, there's a two Friday night games. Uh Neil, I'll start with you, your old friends at Glenavon. I'm sure you would love to see them getting a win. They are home to Palomina United on BBC uh, on Friday evening. Um, I would say on paper, difficult game to predict that one, isn't it? It is indeed. I
2: mean, that's the old classic mini league, right smack bang, isn't it? With a seven <laughs> versus eight. I mean, it must be. It must be boring being a Glenavon or a balamina fan, knowing that these are just against each other for the rest of the season. Because you're probably, I know balamina you know, I have been struggling a little bit this season, but realistically, expecting to kick on. and It must be boring going. Oh, well, we might get seventh place this year to be also Ballinamena, but <laughs> um, I that's a strange one because Glenavon blow hot and cold, and you just wouldn't know what you're going to get with them. Like they're randomly close there last week, and then you know that obviously the. The handed use of a beating as well you know earlier okay, in the season uh, but...
0: alright uh, right. you didn't have to bring that up
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then but then they got absolutely ripped to shreds by Nuri so you wouldn't know and then Balamina as well I just see with the TV cameras and all being there you know with David Jeffries like you know he really want to make sure you know Balamina <laughs> look good and stuff. you know what <laughs> there's always something happens in that game it'll be it'll be a bit of a mad one I'll go 2-2 that
0: that sounds good uh, Johnny I mean, a lot of what Neil said there, I would agree with as well. But I'm, and, and I'm sure you would as well, because Glenavon, you just do not know what you're going to get.
1: Yeah, it's the same every week. Um, uh, with Emmy, you, you just. Don't <laughs> I, I predicted their result last week. Four to only Glenavon or to to So did you? I didn't that one right. So must be the first one I've had right in about three years. I think I'm going to go for a Glenavon one. So um, I fancy them, uh, I really do uh, and I fancy them, they won 3-1 Okay
0: uh, My take on it, I mean again I would d- agree Well, 100% with everything that Neil said about Glenavon they are just the most unpredictable side Balamina I've seen them on a couple of occasions this year and it's not just because this is a, a Korean podcast but I, I just thought Balamina both times that I've watched them have been really poor uh, as a side um, That said they have, obviously, potential to score, as do Glenavon. And on the basis of that, I am going to go for Glenavon, win 3-2. I think there'll be goals in it because both, I don't know if both teams are, are, are able to defend adequately enough. So 3-2 to Avon, I will go. Um. Then also on the Friday night, um, Johnny, I'll come to you if you want first. Now, we talked about it earlier, the top two in the league, <clears throat> uh, Glen Torn against Larne at the Oval. I mean, early in the season, yes, it might be, but I mean, this game could have repercussions for the rest of the season, Johnny, perhaps.
1: Yeah, Glanthorn Lauren, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um I think Glanthorn are at home, aren't they? Yes, they are. Um yeah, they haven't neither team have conceded many goals. Some we go for a nil <laughs> nil. Um even though they've so many good attackers on show, I don't think either team will want to lose that game. I Think that'll be as cagey as it comes. We see somebody that'll win 3-0. I know my <laughs> but I really don't see many goals in that game. I really don't. Um, somebody will not.
0: Okay, uh, Neil, what do you think of that one? I mean, neither side, as Johnny says, concedes much, and both look really in ominous form so far.
2: Yeah, I have to say, um, Glenn Horn formidable at the minute. Um, the game there last week against Limfield for them you know, was, was was brilliant all around for them. They look really, really good. Lorne have done phenomenally well uh, this season is a, a two and they sort of seem to have mixed it up a wee bit. They're not as pleasing on the eye, but you can be as pleasing on the eye as much as you want. At the end of the day it's about getting results. They seem to have realised that, taken that on board, and they're doing the business at the minute. I do agree that I don't think there'll be many goals in this because neither of them have conceded loads, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Glentoran to edge it just because they're at home. And um yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Glenthorn to win one nil. But I think if Lauren were to get if Lauren, for example, were to go up there and win, you would say they, you know, they are right in the mix like this season. But I'm gonna <clears throat> back
0: Glen just to get it over the line. One nil. Mm, I think uh, echoing a lot of what both of you have already said that Defensively, both teams look very, very strong. Obviously, both as well. Um, a lot of attacking threat. I don't think, going by what Johnny said, I would agree that both teams would probably not want to lose the game almost as much as wanting to win the game. Uh, and from that point of view, and for that reason, I will go for a one-one draw for that one. So we shall we shall see. Um, Saturday, Neil. Cliftonville at home to Carrick Rangers. Um how would you how would you call that one?
2: I'm gonna say three 0 Cliftonville. I'm going straight in with that one. Carrick are doing really well, but they're the county kind of are like a basketball team at the minute. They they are scoring plenty goals but they're leaking as well. So Cliftonville are are, are on their day scary as like again, clinical, like last week you were talking about okay. that. So I do I do fancy them to win quite convincingly, so I'll go three 0 Uh,
0: and the home advantage at Solitude as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, Cliffton are, are particularly strong, I think, and they they can score goals for fun as well. I would um I'll go for a, a home win on that. I'll go for two 0 home win, Johnny, on that one. What do
1: you think? Yeah, I I, I won't disagree with any of what you're saying. Um, I also would have won two 0 but I'm gonna go. I'll go. I'll go three one. I think Carrick Always seemed to. Seem to score one, so uh, we'll go for one
0: of one of our one of our ex Korean strikers will score.
1: Yeah, either either big Emmett or or big Curtis will will get one. I'm sure.
0: Uh, okay, we've done Korean pointed down the the next one. Nail of interest to you, Dungannon Swifts at home to Crusaders. Um, and I'm guessing there's no uh equivocation there. How you see that one going? Uh, hopefully Crusaders win ten 0 That would be a good result uh, for <laughs> About Five to ground
2: man send off. <laughs> um, I don't think it'll be as straightforward as people may think, but I would fancy Crusaders to get the win there. But again, Crusaders can blow hot and cold too. So you know they've they've, they've beaten Limfield this season, and but. They're, li- they're, they're liable to have a wee bit of a mistake in them, but I do think they'll get the job done this weekend, and I will go Dungannon. I'll go Dungannon 1, Crusaders 2. I don't think it'll be as as an easy game, as uh, people may think.
0: I'll go 3-1 for Crusaders, because Dungannon, good side, yes, but I just think Crusaders, they almost think that ruthlessness that we talked about earlier with Cliftonville. I think... Crusaders have that in them as well and just to mention them Crusaders and Stephen Baxter as well I think it came out this week that he's the the longest serving manager club manager in world football or something I mean that's that's some achievement isn't it (laughs) just on the light of like you get a new manager this week but Stephen Baxter's been there I think it's like 17 years or something ridiculous it's
2: it's phenomenal achievement and especially in this day and age you don't get managers sticking around for that long like you really really don't and i again i know he's came under a, a bit of criticism from crusaders fans uh, in recent years um but I, i've said my piece on this a few times a good friend of mine you know he's a massive crusaders fan and um i think crusaders fans were spoilt uh <laughs> you know during a few years you know uh, when they won the leagues and stuff there and I think you know, people were heavily criticizing Stephen Baxter last season that Crusaders still won the Irish Cup. You know, they're doing very well, and I always my mantra is always be, be careful what you wish for. With and I always I think Crusaders as a club fall into that category massively. So, Stephen Baxter's done tremendously well. There's there are people that want rid of him, which is to me absolutely crazy. And um, to, to be going that long with the sustained success that he has had at that club, who again. You know, people would say, "Haven't really a hope in hell of you know challenging the a league now, and for them to still be up in and around it." I don't respect the challenge for a league, of course, is 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 unbelievable. So he's done a phenomenal job there, and um, hopefully, he is <laughs> he does an equally phenomenal job this Saturday. I waited on captain.
0: <laughs> Very good. I mean, Johnny uh, Neil makes a good point. You know, but Stephen Baxter being in charge and the success that he's had, and again. You know, there was a, a certain person in your Stag do, Crusaders fan, that maybe isn't the biggest fan of Stephen Baxter. But, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for is, is a very true
1: sen- sentiment. 100%. And what uh, Stephen Baxter's done with that team uh, over the years has been phenomenal. You know, 17 years at one club. But <laughs> we, the first time we play C- Crusaders and big Stephen hasn't the dugout, all look extremely weird. Uh, you know, I remember when Fergie wasn't managing United, and it was weird. Or Wenger wasn't managing Arsenal. It's just, it's just, he just associates a <clears some throat> person with a certain club, and and that's um, Baxter with, with Crusaders, and some jobs, some some amount of trophies he's won. He's won them all, even as a the Cup and everything in Europe and all else. So, no, um, you know, fair play to him for forgetting that length. Uh, again, I agree with you. I do think they'll they will beat um, Dungannon, and I will go for three 0 very good
0: and the last game of the weekend on saturday yuri city at home to linfield um i'll go first with that one just to give you guys a break um linfield i think we mentioned previously or earlier in the program that have been struggling and really haven't hit their stride as yet um But it is relatively early in the season. I think Linfield have only played 10 games. And yes, they're a little bit off the pace at the top of the league, but I I firmly believe that David Healy will will turn things around there. Uh, And for that reason, I think they'll probably go down. And whilst Newry City will probably give them a game for a little while, I fancy a a classic Linfield 1-0 away win for that one. Johnny, how do you see it going?
1: I think... It is early in the season but I think there's they're 10 points behind Larne um, and if Glen Torn won their game on hand actually they'll be 12 points behind them so although, obviously I know Larne and or Larn and Thorn play each other this weekend so Lemfey don't have much room for manoeuvre. I would say even this early age of the season. I just think because the Glens are such a well-oiled machine. Uh, I'm not saying the league's over and Lemfey are totally out of the league by any stretch of imagination, but I just don't think they've much room for error and for the, over the next few months. Um, but I agree with you. I think Lemfey will get back to one ways. Um, they have to. <laughs> Losing their last losing Glintorn and, and uh Laren at home won't, won't have gone down too well. Oh. Um, they're in the middle of a crisis, they haven't won in a couple of weeks. Like the words ended, the words ended ones are apart because they haven't won. So, um, with that in mind, I think they will age a 2 You know, you
0: t- Neil talked about fans being spoiled, and I mean, I think that's a classic case. Linfield fans for years have been spoiled. I mean, I've... I think.
1: I have a couple of Infant fans on my social media and a few of them are wanting Haley Out and I think as he not won five at the six leagues and he was a goal away from European football twice, Europa League and the Conference League. So um yeah, football's football's just a bit mad. I
0: know and, and sure, a certain number of fans wanted. it. Uh, David Jeffrey had at the time and he, I think he'd only won four or five doubles or something ridiculous
1: you know he's ridiculous he only in four or five doubles in a row you know and so, uh, get him out what,
0: what the rest uh. of us would give for something like that Neil I mean, what, what's your thoughts on Yuri against Linfield
1: yeah I,
2: I think Linfield will bounce back here uh, I was I was actually going to go for, are you allowed to have the same yeah, prediction yeah, yeah. as uh, yeah, yeah go, know, go for 2 nil as well Um, I think Yuri will try and make it difficult for them but I, I just can't see anything other than a feed win, and boy, they need it, because I agree with you, Johnny, they've, they don't have, uh, there's they've no margins for error now, like, they, they can't make any more balls up, so to speak, I mean, <laughs> I, I still I, I still wouldn't rule them out, and I, I, I think that's maybe just even as a kid growing up, you know, it was always like Linfield, you just never, ever, ever wrote them off, and even now, I, I'm still the C. I still say that, and if they were to go on a run of like eight, nine wins on the bounce, which I'd probably a lot of blue men at the minute wouldn't see that happening, suddenly they're right back in it and you can never rule them out. So until Linfield are completely dead and buried out of that title race,
0: to me, they're not out of the title race. So I'll, I'll say they'll win on Saturday too. 0 I wouldn't disagree with any of that. But I mean, Neil, it's a classic case, isn't it? Johnny and I were talking about it there of fans being spoiled. I mean, nobody's more probably spoiled than Linfield fans over the last... 10, 15, 20 years, just the multitude of trophies that they've won. And in comparison to to clubs such as yourselves, you know, where wins are hard to come by, trophies are hard to come by. And then you look at Linfield Linfield fans giving off and and wanting their manager out because they're not what they would see as competing. I mean, it's a strange world, isn't it?
2: It's mental. And, you know, they've won... I, th- I think it was—is it four leagues and five? I think that's—I think that's what it is. And even if they didn't win the league this season, and David Hayley would totally deserve to have next season, you know, to to right that wrong, so to speak, in their eyes. But I—I I, I, when it comes to the fans being spoilt, for me, when it comes to the Irish League, just the right bang on the money definition of what is Crusaders like. That's the, the whole Baxter thing to me is just a mystery. Is how some want him out. Like I know we touched on a minute ago, but for me, that is especially a club of Crusader size, but when you are Linfield, naturally, because they're so used to winning, they do expect to win, but it is, it's, I suppose you could say it's the same over in, in England as well. But Manchester. It's, United, it's the same us. anywhere, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, you know, United fans would still say, we should be winning the league, even though the reality is I haven't won the league in nine years. So, it's it's the same at every level when you have a, a machine, so to speak, that are so used to winning. Um, but, yeah, over here, some, some spoiled brats run about, to tell you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's certainly not in any of our two clubs, that's for sure, because I think we, um as clubs and as fans of those particular clubs, I think any success that we get, we certainly enjoy them and we certainly make the most of them. I mean, the scenes, Johnny, at the 2018 Irish Cup win and, and after the, the League Cup win, after that as well, I think it just shows you how much supporters still enjoy victories and, and winning competitions because let's face it everyone should be celebrated because we don't win
1: that many I was actually thinking well, that's the other day I was going out to walk how many trophies I've seen Corey win in my lifetime and I, and I think it's three um so yeah you have to, obviously have to take the, the rough with, with the smooth and and not get too high when you, when you win and not get too deflated when, when, when you lose and you know yeah, like football is sort of a it's, it's a weird thing when you when you support a team that maybe just doesn't have a, as high expectations as maybe you know anfield or a glint every year, you know. And, and yeah, look, you have to you have to celebrate the Heisman when they come round, you know, with the Irish Cup final twenty eighteen, that back in a social club. That those memories will live with me for the rest of my life, you know, or even going out in Europe and watching Corian too. So yeah, look, here's what when they're they're not too far away and, and we can get our hands on, on, on something sometime, something nice and shiny some some sometime soon.
0: Yeah, well hopefully in the future and the immediate priorities just get three points on, on saturday and for all that we were delighted to have you on the podcast they <laughs> can't wait to beat you on saturday <laughs> all things considered
2: yeah no that's no thank you very much for having me it's been an absolute blast and uh yeah hopefully portland can turn their season around starting with this saturday like it's it is massive <laughs> and it, it's it's a new era here so that is yeah i think fingers crossed but like i said if we can get a decent performance first and foremost like it would it would definitely be a, a positive indeed
0: and and do you know what the great thing about any new era is like anything is possible isn't it that's that's always the hope that we have
2: it sounds like you're starting that old uh anything can happen in the world wrestling federation caption there <laughs> that's going back a few days now but um yeah yeah, yeah exactly exactly so you've got to be positive and uh that's the way I shall remain here and hopefully on Saturday, like I said, we we do get a result, which no use won't like but uh, as you said, you don't care if you beat us and I'm going to say the exact same thing to you. Exactly, (laughs) we
0: all all follow our teams and and whatever happens, we'll we'll still be friendly afterwards. Neil, thank you very much for coming on this afternoon. It's been great to get an insight from Portadown ahead of Saturday's game and uh, obviously it'd be great from a Premier League point of view just to have Niall Curry back, I think as well, because he he's he's a character in the game and We all like characters without wanting to sound too cliched. So, Neil, thank you once again. Johnny, thank you very much. And um, to everybody listening, thank you. Help support our sponsors as ever. Uh, And we will talk again next week. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.